The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Welcome to the Writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. It's the morning after the day before. We're on cloud nine, as you can imagine. I'm sure loads of you guys are as well. We're going to look back on the game that saw 10-man Leeds United come away from the Etihad with a smash and grab 2-1 win of a high-flying Man City. Thanks to a Stuart Dallas brace. Stuart, this intro is specifically for you, as I'm sure you all guessed. We're also going to have a bit of a chat about Leeds United's finances, given the report was published this week. Then some fab stories from Fans Corner, wrapped up with a game of Guest Who. I'm joined by Matt M, Matt BB and Kaylee this week. How are you doing, guys? All good. Really good, thank you. Yeah, again, really good. A lot better than I was expecting yesterday morning. <laughs> <laughs> So straight into the match against Man City then, not too much to write home about in the first half an hour, but then a, a fairly memorable game from that point. Leeds went ahead through Dallas on 42 minutes, a VAR highlight followed shortly after that, which we'll talk about later. City equalised through Torres on 70 minutes and then a last gasp winner, a second goal for the Cookridge Cafu himself. What did you guys make of the result and the performance? Um, so yeah, obviously it was fantastic. I generally thought it. Uh, 12 o'clock yesterday morning that we could easily lose I always thought we'd score but I went around my mates to watch it I remember saying to them I was like I think it could be 4-1 Man City easily actually one of my friends is a Leicester fan and they were saying the same I was there in great form as well so I wasn't that confident at the start and yeah it was fantastic I think my dad summed it up quite well he texted me like almost like Mark Viduka against Liverpool four shots on goal four goals a bit like yesterday two shots on goal two goals I think we actually made some fantastic subs, obviously. Bringing on Stryker and Cock, they came on and played fantastically. I think also it's my shot a lot of pundits up, saying that Leeds play exactly the same style of football every week. He's stubborn, doesn't change his t- tactics. And yesterday proved that actually we can. We played so well defensively. Obviously, we was down to 10 men. And yeah, I think we played fantastically all the way throughout. I think was in Man City, I had like 29 shots on goal or something mental. And I think we had yeah, 29% possession. Yeah, and just from that to beat. Arguably one of the best teams on form at the moment in the world is just amazing. It felt like we won the FA Cup part of yesterday and we're so happy. Kelly, Ian Wright <coughs> described it as a defensive masterclass. And you never think we'd say that which was that season for the last sixteen years actually. So yeah, it was just such a treat yesterday. What a way to end lockdown. I, I always the- I always think back, um sorry Matt, I was just gonna say I always think back to what Matt Beadle always says about this league being a fraud. He said it right right on episode one and 
at times you've got you've got to think of it about we've always from the outside looking in in the football league thought God, I bet it's tough in that Premier League you know the cities the Liverpools you know the Palaces the Leicesters the tough games then and then we've come in and we've just upset it all haven't we we've upset the apple cart in a way and absolutely incredible yesterday you know you've got to forget false nine we won it with 9 in the end didn't we and we had tw- I think it was 29% possession one of the lowest base possessions of the season for a victory but yeah what what an absolute joy it was and obviously we'll come on to other aspects of the game later on but yeah it was uh, it was something else wasn't it something very special against Man City yesterday it was for me what I found quite interesting about those stats it was like a polar reverse of the games that we've ended up losing 1-0 ourselves. You know, the games like Villa and Wolves where you dominate possession, you have loads and loads of shots on goal, probably don't convert them, but they have three shots on goal and score two goals. And it, 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 um, it, was, it was satisfying, definitely. And, and um, you say it was a defensive masterclass. When you saw at one point you had uh, Urente, Koch, Streich, Ailing, Alioski and Phillips sat in front of them as well. You know, there, there wasn't, you, you weren't expecting much, were you? So that just that, that real sort of uh, almost shock value at the end of, uh, well, the joyous scene of um, Stuart Dallas just bursting through and uh, John Stone's sort of uh, quite um, unsubtly trying to pull him over, putting his arms around his waist and him still getting that shot off and putting it through Edison's legs was just uh, an absolute, an absolute joy to see so um yeah the uh, the roof was blown off uh, so- somewhat in our house at that point it was uh, it was great just just an amazing feeling wasn't it and a nod to Alioski for the assist as well you would not expect him to put like a slide rule pattern like that would you no i was literally just going to mention that i think because of the the goal itself the ball through has kind of been overlooked but it was absolutely sublime you're right um Man of the match was given to Calvin, although I think Lucy Ward, who was amazing on co-coms again, by the way, uh, I think she changed her mind to Dallas after the second goal. For me, I think Melia could have been in with a shout as well. You know, some proper good saves in there, although Man City's striking wasn't really on point yesterday. Who stood out for you guys? Uh, where to start? Where to start? I think you've covered, covered two there. Three there, Phillips, Meslier. Mm. Uh, Cooper, I'd give it to. Uh, <laughs> I think Lorente again, absolutely outstanding yesterday again against City. Really is really becoming that player now, isn't he? That we all kind of hoped he would be. Very stop start for him. Uh, frustrating. And I think you got. I think Rodrigo needs to have a look at Lorente and just have a look at how his Leeds career is starting to to develop now. And there is hope for for players like Rodrigo. But um, going back to your question, goodness me. Tyler Roberts again, let's not dedicate a full pod to Tyler, uh, we've done it for the last three weeks, but yeah, goodness me, you've got to be Dallas, hasn't it, but I'm really struggling to even just pin down one player, and I guess that goes down to the player of the year as well, you know, we're struggling to pin down one player at times, aren't we, a lot of the fans, so yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I've got to agree with Matt, I think it's hard to pick out of well, the 10 players that was playing yesterday, uh, but probably I'd agree with Lucy, I think can't score two goals against league leaders Man City and not get man of the match so for me I would go Dallas but again every player on that pitch had a fantastic game um, anyone from our defence could have got that and even yeah, Alioski for his pass amazing pass um, but I would have to go Stuart Dallas to me yeah you, you, you can't re- you shouldn't really look past you at Dallas and uh it was a little bit reminiscent of well I mean I, I sort of look back at a few of the games um this season with Dallas and there was uh I, I remember his uh his absolute screamer against Man United, for example, you know, when, when you are, 
already out of the game. He he is that player who just doesn't stop, doesn't ever give off. When when we were losing the uh, the playoff semi final against Derby, you know, he was single handedly trying to turn it round, and and he just has that sort of aspect, doesn't he, to, to, to his style of play, but not just his self his character. Yeah, he he really is um, a, a leader out there, and he has to be man of the match. I mean, but Matt Cayley, absolutely. I mean, you can sort of also look back at people and those moments where where Phillips was cutting out those those last balls into the box when City were really really putting us under the cosh. I mean, Dallas's goals would have meant nothing if uh, he hadn't been there. So. He he also has that claim to to man of the match too, and, and Melia, yeah, absolutely. There was uh, a sound uh, sort of like a nineteen nineties uh, match of the day uh, <laughs> sort of pundit. Now it was a team of captains, wasn't it? It was a team of leaders. Yeah, so it was a really really great performance. I'm sure you guys have seen it during the rounds on social, but um, what about Jeff Stelling's reaction on Soccer Saturday when we took <laughs> when we took the lead at the at the death? <laughs> Oh. Sorry, there's a goal to tell you about at the end of I'm sorry to interrupt you, but talk about smash and grab, talk about daylight robbery. It's just happened in broad daylight at the end of <laughs> I think I saw quite a few um, sort of um, a bit of beef about that, sort of like, oh, Jeff Stelling hates Lisa. And that's not what I got from that at all. I, I, I sort of, I, I got that, you know, he, he saw this incredible result and he was excited by it. And, and yeah, if you look at the stats and look at the, and the fact that we were under the cosh, um, I think it's understandable that you would react that way because I don't think my reaction is that different. Probably not as extreme as that, it has to be said. But it, 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 <laughs> I think it really did capture that, that sort of feeling, didn't it? It really was a proper smash and grab yesterday, wasn't it? Fair play. Incredible I reaction. It. I absolutely loved it. And I, I, I think what I love more, we, we touched upon it at the start briefly, but just that defensive masterclass that, like Kayleigh mentioned, it's all that, all the pundits, you know, flabby gabby. And, and people like that just bang on about how he's just got one way of playing, one dimensional, with burnout, with this, with that. That is an absolute masterclass that yesterday. And you know, he took Bamford off, and there were a few eyebrows and questions raised, wasn't he, about that substitution and leaving Roberts on? But I, you know, I think I think Matt touched upon it earlier. Okay, I can't remember which one, but we mentioned about Cork Lorente strike. Uh, Phillips, absolutely fantastic. And then on the break, you had Dallas and Rafinha just off, off the went. Uh, and, Al- and that ball by Alice was absolutely class. But I think there's something in it as well about that that defensive masterclass that in quotation that I keep referring to. Because if you watch the Chelsea game yesterday against Crystal Palace, their 4 1 win, didn't play without a recognised striker. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, there's been a lot of that recently in, in, in the last few years in football. And it probably is going to be a more regular occurrence now. And I think Bielsa will probably look at that and think, well, if we can win without a recognised striker on the pitch away at Man City, you know, maybe moving forward, that's something we can we can see more often with this club because um, it was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I've got to agree. I think the Pep's at the end... Um at the end of the day, who wins a game deserves to win it. And yeah, I do think we deserve to win that yesterday, even though stats are against us. Again, like Matt was saying, it's a defensive masterclass we gave. So I watched them completely differently United squad. Um, the concentration, discipline that came from us was fantastic again. And I watched it pretty confidently throughout. Like the second half, you know, it was quite a confident watch. I thought I'd watching it behind my hands and behind the surfer. And yeah, it was just great. It was so good.
it seems to be a feature in every game now. VAR has ruled out perfectly legitimate goals from Bamford, Costa, Aileen. Now it's gone up another level. Uh, used yesterday by referee Andre Mariner to send off Liam Cooper following his challenge uh, on Gabriel Jesus. The fan base on social seems to be pretty split 50-50 on whether it was a red or not. What's your guys' take on it? Well, we put it out on right in the Gary Kelly's, our ITGK on Twitter uh, at the time. Absolutely furious of with it. Obviously, I'm not as furious as I was at the time now because we won, but just what I was saying to you guys off air, if we would have lost the game and that incident, it would have been the main talking point then. Then absolutely, it needs it needs looking at. And I think it still needs looking at now. You know, I've had a bit of time to reflect now and I can see why a red card was issued at the time. What concerns me is Andre Mariner's position and his assistants as well, why they didn't see that real time and give him a straight red then. That's what worries me as well, because it's quite evident. But it wasn't until, obviously, I my, my argument was he's won the ball, and obviously his momentum is going to take the player out, but obviously I've read the rules, I've had it referred to me a few times, and it is dangerous play, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think when you slow it down, the amount of times that they did when it went to VAR, and they never give a real-time speed on that as well, it's something that concerns me as well because, of course, if the momentum's gonna gonna take the player, and thankfully Jesus got up and carried on and played the full game, um, so it could have been a lot different. But on the flip side as well, we need to look at Raheem Sterling, and I know the game's gone, we move on and all that. But what I'm concerned about is football in general, and now we need to look at the future of the game and and make sure there's consistency because um, Sterling twice stamped on Rafinha clearly in front of the assistant referee. And Meslier, and both times, nothing. No, not even the referee even spoke to him. Not once did it go to VAR. Not once did the assistant flag and say, "Oh, something's gone wrong here." Both Meslier and Rafinha were down injured at the time. And when you when you watch the game back, and even on match of the day, it's well, oh, he's apologised, so we'll forget about it because it's Sterling. He put his hand up and says, "I'm sorry." So let's let's move on. I just feel like if it, say Rafinha stood on uh, Sterling or Edison. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Jude Bellingham uh, at the Dortmund game midweek how Edison threw himself up in the air and got a goal disallowed it's just that consistency that annoys me <laughs> sometimes I look at the player themselves as well and with it being Raheem Sterling didn't even get a ticking off didn't even get a ticking off and for me it needs to be looked at and you need to have that consistency yet yeah, Cooper did what he did obviously it's, it's deemed as dangerous player but in stamping on a player twice deemed as dangerous player as well or is that not yeah. worth it to be looked at VAR? And, you know, obviously the, the results have gone. We've won, thank God. You know, we could be talking about a different result with that. But my concern is we just need consistency now moving forward in each game because it can cost relegation. It could cost a cup final. You know, it could cost a European spot. And it could cost a, a player's career. And it needs to be looked at. Um, and it's just really disappointing. And like I said, even at match of the day, oh, well, he's put his arm up. He didn't mean it. Well, Cooper didn't mean it. Cooper didn't go in intentionally to help Gabriel Jesus, did he? Anyway, I won't bang on about it. Yeah, yeah. I think think you're right, mate. It it is the consistency piece. It's like, you know, okay, fine. That that was a reckless challenge, wasn't it? But if you've been really generous, it it was badly thought out. It just, it was a a spur of the moment type tackle by Cooper. But look at Fernandinho at the end on Rafinha. 
he sort of almost tr- chips him over. Yeah, it's always spins him round sort of mid out. I'm, I'm not quite sure about the mechanics yeah. of it, but he's, he's strapped up after yeah, the game. He's given him yeah. a dead leg. He's probably pulled his hip muscles out of place. Yeah. And he just, at the end, he, 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 sort of, he had a little wry smile on his face after that. Well, you know, I'm not going to be embarrassed with 3-1 with 10 men. So it was okay for me to take out Rafinha because he was going to score. Now, that's a red card potentially, isn't it? Of course it was. If, he, if, he, if he's on goal and he, and he was on goal, it's, it's you know, and it's also, it is Rafinha. He would have scored a screamer. And you know what so, the comment? Sorry, Matt. You know what the commentary yeah. said on that as well? A good tactical yeah. foul by Fernandino on Rafinha there. Absolutely uh, clattered him. Uh, didn't yeah. even go to VAR though, did it? And if no. you went to VAR and you got the slow-mo version we all saw, be a different result. It would have gone. He so he flipped him in mid air. It was it was horrible to watch. And he was in clearly in pain afterwards. Um, Jesus, I'm not I'm not saying he sort of skipped away from it, but uh, you know I did I did the. Uh, the, the classic bias fan response at home with my lads around me. So, yeah, he's, he's blooming got up now, hasn't he? So he's fine, isn't he? Nothing right. I mean, obviously, he did get clattered by Cooper, but Rafinha was hurt. And then you look to the prior week with Baldock. You know, it looked like a bar fight in the Dukes of Hazard, didn't it? You know, when he took Roberts out, it was, it was, it was dreadful. And nothing, nothing. Oh, always, I always said, so, um, you know, that, that, that's fine. We're, we're not going to VAR that he won't get any sort of um, pe- um, penalisation for that. You know, it, it's, um, so it's not, it's not consistent. And I think there's another aspect as well where you have that human judgment as well about the intent in a foul, which goes out of the window with VAR. The same as an offside, it's a case of let's get our little rulers out, as one of our one of our other contributors said um, during the match. Let's go, yeah, yeah, that that must be 0.8 of a millimetre out. Yeah, his eyelashes clearly infringed that it was in play. Um, and then you look at a foul. Yeah, he's gone in. Yeah, his leg was at an angle of 32 degrees, but it doesn't capture the intent. I don't think Cooper went in there to take him out. I think he did go in to take the ball, but he's not as polished uh, a showman as Sterling or Fernandinho, who will do it with a bit of panache. And it'll look like a cynical or a yeah, professional. Yeah, it's okay to foul them there. We're going to take one for the team. Yeah, I've kind of got to agree with what's really being said. Although if you do watch the replay from a different angle, it almost looks like Cooper catches his um, standing leg, not his first leg. So I wouldn't think that'd be a sending off. And obviously that sounds like a biased Leeds fan. Yeah, I don't think it was a sending off. Again, like um, both Matts have said, if you look at the challenge from last week compared to this week's, how the hell that wasn't even a booking and this one was a straight red. I'll never know. And again, yeah, um, Fernandino at the end, we didn't even get a free kick for that. I think best way to summarise it is, yeah, it was reckless. You can almost see why it was reckless. And from the angle they did show, it did look like a straight red. But it's annoying that the challenge that go against us a lot of the time like that, we don't seem to get the same discipline against us. It's not the first time they see. I think we've had a few challenges that could have been straight reds for the other team. I think the best one, yes, yeah, to sum it up is... Um, Sheffield United found last week against against Roberts. And again, with Sterling and Melier, yeah, Sterling just casually ran it off and almost made it look a bit more, not as bad as it was. And yeah, I think he did stomp on his hand. And now that's not even a yellow. I'll never understand. Yeah, just harsh. I was a bit, that was probably the bitter thing from yesterday. But it was just how it tasted in your mouth. I think if we look at all the VAR decisions and just general bad refereeing decisions we've had this season, ninth in the Premier League and... Uh, yeah. We're 19 points off Fulham, thank God. Now, you know, everyone keeps worrying about 
Uh, Fulham, we are Fulham. They've got a bit of good form now. We need to watch our, our backs. We're 19 ahead and we're 7 We're mathematically three. safe now, aren't we? We, we are, are now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not not like last week when I was giving you all the West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham went down on 42. Don't forget, Leeds fans. But yeah, we're we on 45. The only team that has ever gone down on 45 points was... I believe it was Southampton in 94, 95, I think. And there were 22 teams back in the league back then. So, obviously, 45 points when wasn't obviously deemed as being safe as it is it is now. But, yeah, we're, we're safe. I think we're all right. I think we're all right now. Especially when Just back on the red Relax. card decision, I think Graham Smith at the YP summed up quite well. In, and it comes back to that, that inconsistency in that Cooper was sent off for an unintentional foul that ended up being reckless. But like you say, Fernandinho's was premeditated. It was intentional. There was intent there to stop the player with force. So whether it ended up with an injury or not shouldn't really come into it is the fact that he literally set out to stop that player with force and and that was the end result. How that's not a red, how it's not even looked at at VAR is massively questionable. So, look, we're not the only team that's been impacted. We're lucky now that we have a selection of good centre-backs to choose from because, obviously, if it's not rescinded, then we're without Cooper. So, it it comes back to that could have had a massive impact earlier on in the season for us when we had injuries left, right and centre as well. So, yeah, the lack of consistency is quite scary, really, because it can have a massive impact. always we put it out on social for your thoughts so i'll just have a quick read through some of those michael (laughs) agrees and says the ref had an absolute shocker can't even begin with his performance absolutely beautiful and hard for three points gary wintridge says no words can describe it just a massive team performance so proud of this group of lads and their god of a coach bielsa get in there <laughs> JB says, What a day. Blew the roof off the house when Dallas scored that second. I think that's pretty much all of us around the country at that point, wasn't it? Uh, and Mark Curdy, who's a City fan, says, Fair play leads. Always dangerous on the break, even down to 10. We should have been out of sight. We're all in agreement with those comments, aren't we? I'm not sure if you saw um, oh, yeah. uh, Liam Gallagher's tweet as well. Someone asked him about the result and he just said he'd rather lose to a team that can actually play football rather than. 11 donkeys or something so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a, brilliant performance. We, yeah good comments good names good comments uh we had um to be fair we had a few city fans tweeters yesterday just a fair play and you know it was really refreshing and good to see that there were no bitterness there were no digs you know what i mean it was just nice to get you know the kind of prospective champions fans to come to us and say fair play you did a job on us it was just nice you know and we've not had that this season we've always especially well with the championship we had a lot of uh, fans give us a lot of abuse in championship didn't we rival fans but I think it's first time ever we've had we've had a club's fans tweet us and just say fair play I do have you know um, a pet Man United fan uh, as a friend you know and uh, I've been waiting to to hear something and I've heard absolutely nothing they were very vocal, of course, after our uh, performance at Old Trafford. But um, I think that they have stated that they hate Man City and Leeds the most. And he said, oh, I, don't know, I don't know what I wanted out of that game. Can you both lose? It was like that classic sort of uh, comment, you know, but um, nothing so far. 
but with the people being really generous I, I think with us overall we we have got that nice little epithet of being everyone's second favorite team haven't we and, and i think that it's nice yeah, you're nice right Matt. That. after years of being sort of like you know hated if you like by your um <clears throat> huddersfields and uh barnsley's and putting sheffield united's down in the uh in the doldrums you know it's uh it's nice to actually be up with the big boys isn't it <laughs> yeah it annoys me this leads on my second team we said it before on here absolutely it just annoys us and i think Sometimes mm. when players like Cooper just, you know, gives that little challenge and I just think, yeah, dirty leads are back. But then it was our first <laughs> sending off our first sending off of a Premier League in our Premier League season, which I expected a few more lads. Come on. Got not to play for now. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're, we're we're missing that 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 sort of snark, are we? Do you think now? Do you think it's 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 a bit too nice? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could see that. Yeah, it's not exactly it's not exactly uh, Kevin Keegan, Billy Bremner um, pulling each other's shirts, is it at the moment? No, it's it's quite nice. Might be different now, but, is it? Now we know we've got another year. Got oh, a lot to lose after these last few games. Let it rip. Bring Berardi on. Let, let, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my lads said to me, he said, like, yes, do you think you bring Berardi on? Because he, he needs another defender. And I said, we've already had one player sent off. You know, so it would have been... Uh, that would have been an interesting sub, I think, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm up for a European tour next season, so we're seven off, we're seven off Europe as we speak. Why not? Why not? Let's go for it. Here at Writing with Gary Kelly's, we bring you all things Leeds United that fans want to hear and read. We've been covering the club for over 10 years and what an amazing journey we've been on. But now we would love your support to help us continue bringing you this high quality content. You can support us by donating whatever you can by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash R-I-T-G-K. Your donations help contribute towards the delivery of this podcast and all the content over at writingwithgarykelly's.com. Thanks to everyone that's donated so far. This week, Leeds United's financial records were released, showing how we went from an all-out attack for promotion to the Premier League in the last tax year, uh, with a jaw-dropping £64 million loss. But is it as bad as it sounds? Let's ask our finance expert, Matt Beebe, that question. Um, £64 million is, yeah, it seems I say it is jaw-dropping, so it's an awful lot of money. Um, I think it's worth putting these things into into context, isn't it? Um it is a promotion season. In the season that Aston Villa went up, um, they made a £68 million loss. It's more really about the, the other aspects of this that, 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 that really sort of paint the, the context in the proper picture. We've got more wages. You had £78 million cut in wages. Uh, we had promotion bonuses. We had obligations to buy certain players when we went up. So, for example, I mean, the, the big one that stands out is cost of £15 million. Quid. Um, the wages all went up. But there are good aspects of this too. You, the year prior, we made nine million quid in merchandise. The promotion season, as you'd expect, as the fans take an interest more, fifteen million quid. Um, so, so that that is a big, big uptick. Mark, just a quick one on merchandise. Yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised they made that amount of money with mm. the cardies and uh, having a little selfie with the trophy that you weren't even allowed to look at. So no wonder they made nearly fifteen million quid. Eh? And there was those box, those those uh, that wine as well, the exclusive Leeds United oh, wine. That wine, you know, yeah. That that <laughs> probably must that probably make, that probably makes about six million of that. So we've we've all got yeah we've all got our wine I assume um, in the <laughs> cellar right now. <laughs> so so we, yeah, 
it's fair, it's fair to say that, the, the, that there are some mitigators. What's probably more important here is that, to use again the example of Aston Villa, they came up after their loss-making season and then went on to make £128 million in terms of not just the £30 million that you would get from the Premier League, but also in terms of the TV rights that you would get from overseas, the merchandise and the commercial rights that, that also come with being in the Premier League. So I'm not quite saying it's a drop in the ocean. And even somebody like Burnley, um, who sort of finished pretty low, just, well, they did pretty well last season, but they're a, a smaller turnover club, uh, made £122 million. So the money is there. Definitely, there, there are still risks around this in as much as we typically make about £12 million a season in gate receipts and about £6 million from things like match day catering and corporate catering. So we won't have that because of COVID, uh, but we have got the backing of the San Francisco 49ers who in January put 50 million quid into the club. So you put those things in context, it ain't so bad. You have to speculate to accumulate. That's probably your headline for your 60 million pound loss. When we um, sort of move into next season, as we have stayed up, yes, there is another kind of looming 30 million pound or so of, um, of bonuses, but you did, that is offset by that revenue. And, the, and, and in all likelihood, more commercial revenue from sponsorship, better TV money. Who um, I hate to say this, you know, but potentially, you know, let, let's say one of our players, and I think we all know who that might be, may attract some attention from other clubs. I won't say bigger clubs, just other clubs. Um, we we will we will make more money from where we are now. So I, I'm I'm not. I'm not happy about losing 64 million quid. You know, I'm uh, as, as my hairline shows, I'm old enough to remember the uh, the gold days of the goldfish in the boardroom and uh, Seth Johnson being paid uh, 60,000 quid a week. You know, so, you know, the, the hairs on the back of the neck go up when you see any sort of loss being made. But in context, we were pioneers then. In those days, it was bad to lose money. Now, all clubs lose money when they get promoted. And, and even Arsenal, I think, made a loss last year for the first time in about sort of 19 years. So... Headline, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned. I, I think we're in good hands as well. Radrizani thought it through. He has backers who are patient, clearly. He spent 88, 8, 90 million quid on this little punt. But it's not like the days of Ridsdale. And I, okay, yeah, it's been 12 months now. You, you, you're 0% APRs up, mate. Where's the money? The, these people actually do think strategically. People like the San Francisco 49ers. They know you might not make a fortune for two years. They know you might not get into the Champions League next season straight away. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident we're in the right hands and the, and the opportunities there for us to make a decent amount of money here and be sustainable. So in the Championship last year, Matt, we generated £54 million according yeah. to the report. £20 million yeah. more merchandise sales than any other Championship club. Yeah. Is, yeah. is I know we are joking earlier on, but that is phenomenal. And that just shows how yeah. big this football club is. And that's just on merchandise. It Will season ticket money be included into that as well? Or is that a separate um, pot? Uh, it's, this, it's, 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 in the, it's in the pot. I mean, that, right. that, that's, that's all of your turnover. So it's, um, you, you're going to have a dent, you know, from losing that, um, that, that match date, that, sorry, the gate receipts rather than the season ticket revenue, um, or certainly part of it. But we, we, are, we are a bigger club, you know, and, and one of the things that has carried us, and it's not inconsiderable, is, is you turn it from the number of fans you're getting in the ground. I think the season before we got promoted, 
we had increased gate numbers from about 31 on average to 34,000 and, and it would have been obviously much much higher um, had we sort of carried out a normal season so y- your fans are the difference there you know treating them well which I think is something uh, as a club which generally yes we have tried to sell them um, expensive exclusive wines I'm, I'm not sure if that was uh, sort of particularly uh, not not tone deaf um <laughs> but um i i i think generally we do tre- we, we treat fans a little better i mean crikey I, I feel it contingent upon me to uh to refer to the extreme example of treating fans badly as a chairman if you remember a certain white-haired uh, bearded gentleman calling us morons um so we didn't agree with his commercial decisions um, to where we are now. Where I, I think there's a good, a, a better relationship, certainly between board and fans. And fans feel part of the club, again, much more. And we have done probably since since Rad Rizani took over. And you, you, you're right to sort of hit on the turnover and the gate receipts bit and the merchandise bit. Top that off. You know, that is the backbone of the club. The fans are engaged. The fans are investing um, in the club as well you know without that yeah yes that 54 is being matched by 50 million from the uh san francisco 49ers but i I don't think the 49ers would have been interested in as if we were a club with fewer fans and without that profile and and that has what and we we should sort of um give it a nod it's that that has kept leads a big club if you'd had the empty stands it wouldn't be fair of me to mention certainty but certain teams have sort of had similar nosedives to us and you look look at the the ground and on match day and you have empty stands don't you you have a dwindling amount of interest i will mention wigan for example i will mention them that's not that they've had a tough tough time that they're they've never had big crowds and they just didn't have that resilience but i I think we have that so you know i think the future is bright worthy sacrifice to get us back in the premier league i think absolutely right yeah needed to be done Hi guys, Michael Bridges here. When I'm lying in Australia on a nice sandy beach watching the sharks and the jellyfish come ashore, I like nothing better than reading and listening to writingthegarykellys.com. Welcome to the Fans Corner, a chance for us to hear some cracking stories about the football club we all love straight from the fans. Just before we get our guests on, if you want to take part in Fans Corner in future, then just get in touch with us across social at RITGK. We've got a couple of Leeds fans waiting patiently, so let's see who is on line number one. Hello, line number one. What is your name and where do you come from? Hello, I'm Joe, Joe Brennan, and I'm from Leeds, but currently living in Madrid. Nice. <laughs> uh, right, first question for you, Joe. What was your first, first Leeds United game or the first one that you can remember? I've had a good think about this and I've asked me dad. <laughs> and we have come to the conclusion that we have no idea. <laughs> we, uh, my, my parents are from living Beeston, so Ellen Road is just next to the house, basically. So it, it was just something that was always there, and we never, we've not been able to figure out the one specific moment of the first time I went. My dad says it was before I was one, which means it's in the year 1996. But to give you a specific game, I honestly couldn't tell you. I've got a first Leeds memory, not so much a game. Yeah, go for that then. Um, so if that if that's all right, I'll go for that. It's um, we're in primary school and we're about I don't know five years old, and uh, we're getting changed for PE. So you know, changing out of your 
school uniform, putting your white shirt and your black shorts on, getting ready to run around the, the dinner hall. And uh, we're all there getting changed. And Rio Ferdinand walks in to the classroom and he's doing, a, I think he was doing a, like a racism awareness sort of thing. And uh, he walks in uh, just as we're all in his pants and vests and uh, asking, I remember one, it sticks in me mind perfectly, one lad, just as he walked in, asked the teacher, if we've forgotten our kit, do we have to wear our pants and vests to, to do PE? Just as Rio Ferdinand walked in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my first proper Leeds memory that sticks in me, just because it made me laugh even then, and I were about five years old. So did you I bet leave? you never forgot your PE kit again, did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was the punishment. <laughs> so do, you, do did your parents live bang on opposite Ellen Road then, the stadium? They're about seven-minute walk away. Wow. Yeah. Any, wow. That must have been like, amazing growing up then. You could, yeah, you could always hear the, the fans yeah. from, from the back garden. and Yeah, it was just always wow. just a part of part of growing up just going there so as I say I, can't, I don't have a first specific moment of going because it's like you don't remember the first time you went to a corner shop do you know what I mean <laughs> I bet you did your dad used to charge 50 quid a car then for oh, I can't drive on match days <laughs> yeah. I bet he wishes he, wish he did <laughs> I've got a mate and his auntie lives uh, right next to the peacock and she, she charges 50 quid a car to, to yeah. park on a drive uh, she gets about, well I think she can only get two cars but I think she squeezes about eight on there to be honest that's, that's a pretty good idea <laughs> quids in yeah. just following on from that then obviously you can't remember your first game hopefully you've got a hero uh, from the club that you potentially could uh, tell us about then yeah well um, I'm just like to say to anyone who's listening you haven't paid me to say this but it's Gary Kelly um, two weeks in a row we've had this now eh yeah, um, yeah, just stalwart of the club, wasn't it? I mean, I'm probably going to repeat what was said last week, but just somebody who's always there, just a figure of the club, and you could just guarantee on him being being there every week. And when you're a kid, you you don't know what what's going on to a certain extent, but the the people who are running the most, the people who are always there, you can always remember um, just for repetition of going and seeing the same names every week. Then, yeah, Gary Kelly. Me, um, my parents used to go to go to the pub that he used to drink at, sort of, a couple of years before he before he left. I think I don't know, two thousand and five, two thousand and six, around then. Um, and we actually met him a few times. Well, my mum and dad met him, and they became mates with him. So he's been like, he's been nice to our family and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely go with go with Gary Kelly. Awesome, uh, amazing. absolutely amazing. Remember his goal against Wigan. Uh, so on a more pessimistic view for you personally what would you say your worst moment as a Leeds fan is worst moment I don't want to I don't want to back out and say there's not a specific one but it was sort of those the idea of a Tuesday game sort of in the 2000 sort of like after the championship promotion those sort of that sort of lump of where it seemed like every Tuesday game was the same thing it was dark it was raining we lost you know I don't know if Blackpool Preston and Forest Wall on a Tuesday at home, but it certainly they felt were. like it. They yeah, were. Well, yeah, I were there, all three of them. Yes, yeah, me too. And uh, I was like, I don't know how old I was at that point, say 14, something like that. And it's not something that inspires you to keep coming back and going back to Ellen Road with a smile on your face. But you sort of went because it's a duty, almost. Um, I think I'd, 
I was talking to my dad, like I say, and we were saying it's like going to Ellen Road at that point were just like changing your bed sheets. Like you didn't want to do it, but you sort of had to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those, those that sort of lump of Tuesday games, really, just where everything just felt like the same. I also picked out there was a week or a weekend where I think we played Blackburn in the league and then we had them in the cup on the Tuesday and we lost both and there must have been about 25,000 fans combined over the two games. Um, and yeah, it's just just that sort of dark era where it never stopped raining at Ellen Road in every match. We played Steve Evans. Steve Evans era, Joe, do you I think? Could, I, could, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe Rosler, Eckenbottom. Yeah. Anything from Warnock to, to Evans, really. You know, that, like I say, every game felt like it was a Tuesday night 5 0 against Blackpool, you know. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I go with that. That's not a Tuesday feeling. Well, the, the question I had. Uh, was uh, was to tell us a funny or interesting Leeds United memory. I think you've done that with the uh, Rio Ferdinand Vest and Pants um, scenario. Yeah. If you could tell us a funny or interesting Leeds United uh, memory, that that would be uh, that would be great. Yeah, I had a good time thinking about this yesterday. Actually, there's one where I was at uni, went to Union Leeds, so it'll be yeah. 2015, uh, which I think it was the Evans season, but I couldn't tell you. You know, honestly. Who the manager yeah. was, and I, um, I'd started working for Leeds, just you know, pulling pints and stuff like that in the East Stand boxes and serving tables and whatever. And um, one one game, you'd sort of you had to text in on the phone, like you just text the Leeds number whether you were working or not. So one time I put, not working today, feeling sick, and they sort of text back, okay. When I, I were fine, we just went we went to the match instead of me working at it. Um, so we're, 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 uh, we're in the South Stand and we're having a good time, like having a, having a drink and a, a chant and whatever. And uh, it was on telly, this game. It was on Sky. I think it was against Borough, but I couldn't tell you. And the, someone had a shot and I edited the ball. And it's one of those times, you, not everybody heads the ball in, you know, every match. So you sort of think, you know, this is, this is fun, isn't it? So I edited the ball back and everyone was going, Wah, like going mental. So but thought nothing of it. Went home probably lost um went back to work the next went back to work the next week and the the boss goes do you feel better and i was like yeah yeah i do thanks <laughs> and he goes uh saw you on telly last week when you edited that ball <laughs> and I went, oh no oh, so the, the camera pointed to me just as i edited that ball didn't you? Oh, so God. yeah got Did caught you you have a full disciplinary with uh, Chilino in attendance as well, and did you, in 2015, he was very hands-on, wasn't he, with the uh, with the ground staff? I understand. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, well, nothing came of that. Like we just laughed it off. But um, <laughs> I did um, serve him a couple of drinks in his in his um, executive box. Pretty, pretty oh, crazy, yeah. crazy time. Yeah, he, he what, what, uh, I had to ask you. I mean, what, what was it like in uh, Massimo Cellino's uh, executive box? Are you uh, sworn to secrecy? Is it? <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> Is he it did one of these? His, he did have his favourite um, bar staff. You know, the ones who could just by a chance speak Italian or stuff like that. But yeah, I went in a couple of times yeah. just to give him a tray of olives or a peroni or whatever he wanted. <laughs> Fitting all that ticket, those boxes, nice, <laughs> brilliant. 
Um, there's another one if I if I'm not talking too much yeah, about uh, okay. about my brother. So it's the cent- last season, the centenary season, and um, obviously I were in Madrid, so I missed all that centenary pre pre COVID where fans could go and all of it. But he went, and my brother was about 16, and um, it was the Birmingham game, so all the ex players were there. You know, I'm sure you all went and all remember it. All the ex players there. He, my brother got there down to the ground early, a couple of hours early to see if he could get any photos or signatures of any of the players. So he gets there and he sees Yaboa pulling up in his car and he's, he's, he's texting me. He's going, I've just seen Yaboa. I've just seen so-and-so. I've just seen Strachan and Bradbury. And then he gets Tony Dorigo's signature on his on his lead shirt. I think, oh, that's brilliant. We can put that up in the house now. He says, I've got Dorigo's and I've got somebody else's. I said, oh, who was it? He went, I didn't recognise him. So I put it on Twitter because I didn't recognise the signature in it either. So I put it up on Twitter and I just thought, anybody know who this signature is? Blah, blah, blah. So all morning, all afternoon, people were getting back saying it could be Norman Hunter, it could be John Newsom, it could be whoever. And then they get a reply from uh, from Peter Haddock and he says, it was me dad. So <laughs> me, me brother's got a, a 1991-92 league winning team, league winning lead shirt with Tony DeRigo's signature and Peter Haddock's dad. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> safe to say he's not up on the wall anymore but uh, it was brilliant that so yeah that's me that's my stories brilliant I, th- I, th- I think we could have a regular slot for some of these these are these are <laughs> genuine pearless these ones thank you <laughs> next yeah. week Master Tales Master Merchelino's Executive Box Volume <laughs> 1 yeah. Brilliant, Joe. Well, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and sharing some some great memories with us, mate. And uh, enjoy Madrid. Hope you're having a cracking time out there. Yeah, hopefully we can get back to football soon. You know, by by, yeah, by that point, definitely. by that point, Leeds will be in Madrid's Champions League group. So hopefully, should be, should be seven good, points. Almost seven points yeah. off it, mate. We're seven <laughs> off. <laughs> Let's, do Let's do it. Let's do it. Over to line number two. What's your name and where do you come from? My name's Bob Tapping. I'm from Leeds. Thanks for joining us, Bob. What is the first Leeds United game that you attended or the first one you can remember? Um, first one I attended was um, Leeds Sheffield Wednesday. It was 81-82. Uh, we lost, obviously. But uh, it's the first one my dad took me to. And uh, I wouldn't say I was hooked ever since. It was more sort of mid-80s when I really started going week in, week out. Um, the likes of... Um, Rennie and Ashurst and latterly Bad Boy Bad was when I really got hooked. But first one was back in um, 81-82. A 2-1 defeat, Sheffield Wednesday, sadly. Everyone's everyone's first game, Bobby, is always a defeat. I've noticed when we do this feature. It's always a defeat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my eldest, his first game, uh, lost 4-1 to Huddersfield. Yeah. uh, yeah, Once you go to your first game. Well, that's it. So, so, obviously, first game, who's been your ultimate Leeds United hero then? So, so that's a difficult one because, you know, look at different eras of, of watching Leeds. So, you know, Bad Boy Bad says in the uh, Sheridan in the uh, in the 80s, uh, I love your boa and then Viduka. And then to, to, to the current day, uh, I love Dallas. I mean, Dallas is such an exceptional, he's, just, he's, he's, he's got every single sinew of his talent right to the top of the game. He's a uh, he's a he's a great great guy. He's humble. You saw him yesterday against Man City. He's uh, gives everything to the um, to the cause. Uh, but I have to say, Lorente, 
look at uh, he's 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 a bit mad. He's a superb defender. He's a perfect Bielsa talent, and he's he even walks a bit weird. But he's uh, he's he's kind of um, current hero, if you like. But uh, looking at the game yesterday, it's hard not to pick out any of the uh, any of the ten in terms of what we did against Man City. But yeah, so different eras, different heroes. And what would you say for you personally has been your worst moment as a Leeds fan? <sighs> well, <laughs> there's a lot of those, uh, as, as we all know. Downs <laughs> Derby last year was a, was a stinker, uh, a slow motion car crash. But Wigan, Wigan was was kind of the the prelude to that, and that's really what what uh, what killed us. Um, sorry, not last year, yeah, year before. But if I pick out just certain games which stick in memory of, of most gutted I've been leaving a game, not like the Villa defeat in the cup final in the mid-90s. When um, we played Barcelona at home and we were winning 1-0, last minute, last kick of the game, and they uh, they equalised right at the end. That's probably the most gutted I've felt leaving a game that we drew against Barcelona. There's so many... But uh, the one that sticks out is that Barcelona game. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Been a Leeds fan, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, even in the good times, we still managed to you know, snatch defeat away from the jaws of victory. You know, Derby being the case in point. You know, what was it, four-one up or three-one up on aggregate? I managed yeah. to screw it up. So it happens. But that's kind of what um, makes you enjoy the good times right now. I mean, sixteen years in the doldrums has been pretty depressing in terms of the demise of the club. But seeing us now makes it all worthwhile because eventually, eventually we knew that Leeds United would come back in some form. And when we came back, we'd come back so big and so strong. And that's exactly what we're doing now. You look wow. at the graph of Leeds. We, yeah. we are horrendously bad or amazingly brilliant. And so we're going through that phase now of a, an upward turn, a spike on the graph. It's uh, great to be part of it. I think, like, when you're talking about worst moments, Bobby, I think, like, for me, I've always said it, I just never thought we'd get back in my lifetime. I really didn't. I used to say it all the time. I just felt we were getting further and further away. And whenever we made any good good stride to get as close as we did, the Grayson years, that yeah. first season back in the Championship, and we finished seventh that year, and all we needed was investment that summer, just a small bit of investment, yeah. and we could have kicked on. Because you took a League One team practically to the brink of playoffs, yeah. And it's and then it, we just go back ten steps and it's been there throughout and, and that's why I thought we'd never do it but not in my wildest dreams would I thought we'd do it be in the position where we are now ninth in the Premier League yeah seven points off Europe I keep saying it but seven points off Europe you never know you never know you bite your hand off won't you it's just a shame that we're not there mate that's the only downside about it all isn't it it's uh, yeah I I can see a European charge next seven games against Man City let's go on a charge let's go and make a name let's for do it. let's do it come on well <laughs> football seven games do not lose we're nine points off Champions League I'd love to be at a point where we're speaking end of a season and we're disappointed to have just missed out on a Champions League but happy to go on a European tour next year be amazing <laughs> be also two year contract in the bag I heard that I heard that this morning yeah I mean that's uh, that's, uh, that's, um, that's a statement a statement from Bielsa that he believes in uh, the club, the hierarchy. He knows the talent and the players. And uh, and as his ideas on where we need to invest, I was speaking to a guy at football today. You know, you got um, you know a player of season, Hernandez, has not been replaced, and he's, you know, it's a year too much for him this year. So replace Hernandez. I love the idea of Rodrigo de Paul. You know, adding that to the, uh, to the talent pool, get a decent uh, decent left back, 
and uh, some backup in terms of um, of strikers. Because I believe in the youth coming through, you know, like to Geldart, that's a guy from uh, a guy from Fulham. So we've got a future. We can see a vision now for the club, and Bielsa can see that. That's why he's he wants to say he loves the city, loves the club, he loves the the talent, uh, and there's such a strong bond. Like he said previous years in League One, where we've had uh, shocking owners and never actually taken that that step to make a difference, and now we've got that perfect mix of club players, manager, and obviously fans next year coming together absolutely in unison. You don't see hardly any kind of divisions within... Um, I mean, it's going to get elements across Twitter and so on, but generally, it's such a strong bond. It's a great time to be part of, of Leeds. Flying now, putting it in people's faces. Cannot beat it. Cannot beat it. Bobby, tell us an interesting or a, a, even a funny Leeds United memory you've got. I can imagine you've got a fair few to share yeah um yeah going away you know going away with Leeds uh, is um you know, I've been in a lot of World Cups and Euros but um even just away games with Leeds but going away with Leeds in Europe that, those are the most special memories I was thinking about Anderlecht away because we went to a lot of lot of the um Euro away games in in UEFA and uh, and Champions League and usually I had no ticket it was kind of normal you just go there with no ticket, and you know, Milan, we got a ticket in a record shop for uh, for seven seven quid, seven or eight quid, I think it was. We went to Anderlecht, we drove there through Channel Tunnel, we had no ticket, and um, but I had faith that we'd get one. Got to Brussels, just could not get a ticket anywhere all day. So we're boozing all day, trying to get a ticket, couldn't get a ticket, thought, well, let's go to the ground a little bit earlier, like hour and a half before kickoff. So we got to the ground at Anderlecht, and uh, you know, gates are open, but you know, mainly sort of officials walking in and out so we um i thought let's just walk in and pretend that was you know uh, we, we were some kind of official so we walked in the ground and uh, we got in and uh we're like, right we're in business all of us brilliant we went to this uh went to the toilet. let's get into the toilets so we hid in the toilets and um we said right just stay in here keep low don't say a word keep it keep it tidy there was a little shuffle in one of the uh, one of the traps in the toilet and uh it turns out another leads fan was also hiding in the toilet <laughs> Uh, so like, right, fine, let's stay in here, keep it tidy. And we've been drinking all day, so we were pretty hammered. So we were like, um, <laughs> so, oh, let's go into the ground. And we all said, yeah, let's go into the ground. So we went, went into the ground. Four of us went into the ground. Four people sat in a stadium with nobody there. No, literally nobody else but us four. And some stewards, uh, corpses. And um, they came up to us and, and he started speaking to us and asked, oh, let's pretend it was Spanish. No idea why, but some were Spanish tourists or Spanish journalists, whatever it was. So I started speaking to them in broken Spanish. And, I was, ah, and, he, and he walked off. I was like, right, no, we have dealt with it. We're back in business. Next minute, five minutes later, came out with some heavies and uh, led us out. So we had to watch it in a, uh, a kebab shop in Brussels. Oh, <laughs> gutted. Gutted, mate. That's a 4, four one night, wasn't it? Was that the Smith in Viduka night when they just ripped them apart? Yeah. So we're in the ground. We went into the ground on that day. We didn't see a single ball kick. But it was oh, a good gutted. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. What a story. Uh, Bobby, while we've got you on, mate, we've got to talk about fan zone. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that iconic Gary Kelly goal against Wigan. Result one hours that night, unfortunately. But your yeah. legendary commentary on fan zone goes down in folklore for us, especially. We've used Ooh. it that many times, mate. You're an absolute hero of ours for the, them great words that night. Uh, let's just remind myself, never, never, ever rule out the mighty white gods. 
that our Leeds United <laughs> Football Club there. What a statement that is. That is iconic. It's a good, it's a good little period that was. Um, Brilliant. Scott only keep playing the uh, 4-0 uh, uh, loss against Leicester. Yes. But uh, that, that Wigan one was, was a good one. I mean, that Bolton game was the first time I ever did it. That was just incredible. You know, we were basically having a horrendous time under Venables. I had no faith that we were going to do anything. I had a T-shirt made up saying 3-0 win leads. And unbelievably, it was 3-0. Like, monstrous goal from Mills and, uh, and Wilcox. That was a, yes. that was a great a great night. And of course, the um, Viduka winner against Arsenal. That was just incredible. The whole day, like, we flew, flew down in the morning before the game. And um, I was in a boozer. We had a little boozer on site at Sky. And there was Peter Reid and uh, Cammy. So a few drinks around before the game. So I got like a football trivia sort of quiz chatting at the bar. Having a few ales with uh, Reedy and, uh, and um, Chris Kamara. And then got into the game. We had low expectations given that we were terrible. And Arsenal were on fire. And what a game. I mean, that Baduka goal still just gets, gets my hair standing on end when uh, thinking about that moment. Just incredible. So yeah, it was a good little period that was. It was good fun. And uh, we did other games as well, but those are the ones that stand out. You know, Wigan... Arsenal uh, and Bolton we had some stinkers as well but it was, uh, it was a good laugh good laugh that was for yeah sure. de- definitely you did a couple of England games as well didn't you if I remember rightly I yeah, yeah a little bit easier though because the pressure's off you know it's not that Leeds you're feeling the pressure aren't you before the game and there's the pressure of doing it and the pressure of of Leeds England it was just more of a good laugh just um, turn up and have a bit of a crack but, and, and you sort of you're with the guy with a, with a fan rather than against them and against them, you can start jumping fouls and right them up. So that was, uh, that was an enjoyable part as well. But yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm not sure if we do it anymore. Uh, but it was, uh, it was good being on the um, on the Monday Night Football for Bolton with uh, uh, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray. They're, they're good characters, and they've obviously they've got slightly but, um, past their sell by date now. But uh, yeah, just a bit. And mate, let's not let's not forget Amazon. But documentary on Leeds United take us home. You feature heavily on that. Yeah. Um that first series, difficult watching it, that Derby game. Christ. Oh, yeah. Watch, like tears streaming down my face. Watching it gets it on it. Oh. My son is like in before do you remember the, the, the bit at the end when my eldest said something like, I think Leeds will win two one, but it's it's never easy with Leeds. And it proved uh, uh, to be exactly that. But the second series, I mean, even my wife, who's literally does not give a shit about football, was crying at the end, at the end when Bielsa's hugging Calvin Phillips. It was, uh, it was incredible. And we had uh, a built a bar in lockdown, which, uh, which we used for the uh, games. And I got a lot of neon lights saying, I get locked down, I get up again. So it's such a moment of, of, um, of bringing it all together with mates in lockdown, Leeds doing the business and then recorded on Amazon, which makes it quality uh, for life. So it's uh, great to be part of it. But the second episode of Series 2, I mean, absolutely gets you. Every time I watch it, just literally tears streaming down my face. Incredible. Something you can always look back on as well and know that you played a part in that that that, that iconic era now for the football club as well, which is, is something to be proud of, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I uh, kids, yeah, kids dipped out of the second series. I think they, they didn't really like the limelight, but uh, they're still part of the first series. Which I guess sure. losing to Derby that was probably the best thing that ever happened to us. Uh, we gave us another year, gave us that opportunity with series two, uh, going back stronger 
and uh, now we're doing the business. And it's, I think that actually helped at the time. It was uh, pretty shocking that uh, end of that season. But uh, yeah, it's good to be part of it. And like you say, that's there for life. And uh, yeah, great to be small part of the uh, of the club's history. Top man. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Really loved it. I think some good memories there. Some really good memories. Um, so yeah, really appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks. Thanks a lot, mate. Great, happy to contribute. Uh, look forward to, to listening to it and uh, be happy to uh, to help anytime. This season, we've partnered up with The Terrace and you can get 15% off all their merch at terracestore.com. So fill your basket with the quality LUFC gear and add RITGK15 at the checkout to get your discount. Enjoy! Time for another round of Guest Who. Matt's going to run this one today, so I get to play. He is going to give us up to three clues about a player that has some connection to Leeds United, and we just have to buzz in when we think we know who he might be talking about. Over to you, Matt. Well, I feel honoured, if, <laughs> if I'm honest, to be in this position, I think, because I'm that terrible at it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I always listen back as well, and I just kick myself how obvious it is as well. Some of you I'm going to show but... myself up now, though, because I'm obviously usually the one being like us. Oh, you can't get it and now it's harder doing idea. it live it is harder doing it live I'm, I'll be honest I find it sometimes oh, proper Rocky Burns you can imagine how many players have played for this football club <laughs> so it's a it's a great game it's uh, got a little bit of a cult following which is good to hear uh, so yeah let's uh-huh. let's get cracking so this player or clue number one sorry Vic is the, the, the correct phrase was born in Otley in 1991 just a bit older than me. <laughs> and me. Slight, slightly, uh, slight, slightly uh, younger than me as well. Oh. See, I've got an advantage because I literally live next to Otley. So. Mm. Mm. I can give you a bonus on clue number one. You don't normally get this with Vicky, but I will yeah. give you this. This player came through the Leeds United Academy. Obviously, he's born in Otley. Micka Richards, Micka Richards, prime example of a footballer born in the Leeds area, went to Man City's academy. Fine. I have no idea. I've got a couple, but I'm going to wait for clue number two. Oh. Born in. Any guesses on clue number one? No. Sorry. Was no. the one was it 92 was it 91 91 not very old no no idea <laughs> ok no guess on clue number one so we're going to clue number two this player made 85 appearances for Leeds United that doesn't help me I'm going to take a punt just purely based on the Otley connection. Okay. And I reckon he probably went to my other half school, like a few players did. I'm going to go with A.D. White. That's correct. Is it? Oh. <laughs> that was easy for me because of that. Well, the thing is as well with this is is that we now, for the purpose of our listeners, we are, we actually video <laughs> concert, which all see each other now, um, just to help the quality of the pod. But also, the reason I wanted to do it is to make sure that no one was cheating in guest who now on tonight's, today's appearance, or today's show, should I say, Vicky this morning decided that she, you know, wasn't 
feeling it to put on the camera gave about 50 million excuses and believe it or not she's the only one we can't see right now and <laughs> if you might have noticed in clue number one she'll go oh I think I know what it is already she's clearly cheating listeners I swear <laughs> <on my> life, <laughs> <laughs> he runs a gym with his brother near our house oh. I used to go to where is he now like is round house round guys he's at Barnsley no he's at Hearts yeah he's He's oh, family yeah. all around here, but he's um, disappeared off the footballing radar, really, hasn't he? Mm, you've got to think when he was at Leeds, he was highly rated, you remember? Uh, and that solo it? goal yeah. against Everton in the League Cup, his one and only goal, he scored very in the first few minutes of the game. I think we ended up winning 1-0, didn't we? And we knocked Everton out of the Cup, I think it was 2012. But he was like yeah. the next, kind of, like you said, the next them. academy yeah. grad. And then he just fell off, didn't he? He went to Barnsley, he went to Oldham twice on loan. Uh, and now he's at Hearts yeah. now. He went to Sheffield United, I read that last week. He was one of our crossover mm. players, wasn't he? He got injured, didn't he, really? That's why it kind of fell apart for him with us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Ending the week on a victory for Guest Who. It was a good start for my playing career, I think. Might have to hand it over to you every week, Matt. Uh, thanks, as always, to our guests for coming on and making it another great show. And a big thanks to everyone who listens from home. We really, really do appreciate it. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe and leave us a lovely review and give us a follow across the socials. We'll be back soon. Speak to you then. Network.